We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. All right, everybody. Slash up this week. So this week, we got myself, Mike he, him, and Ward he, him from the Turn Love This Podcast. We got Brandon he, him from the Cars of Comrades Podcast. We got Nat he, him from the Collective Action Comics Podcast. We got Jamie, she, her from the Transex Bombshell Twitch stream. And we got Ricky him from the Decolonized Buffalo Podcast. How's everybody doing? Good. Hi. Hello. Doing pretty good. Yeah, providing the circumstances, right? So I think the mm-hmm. only thing that we will be talking about tonight is the, uh, the recent mass shooting. And uh, I mean, I think... So you're going to have to be more specific. We're in America. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, too. There has been another one. But I mean, the, the one that I guess uh, is more, most relevant to, to our issues here, you know, the, the one at the, um, what was it, in, in Colorado, where they targeted the LGBT people. They targeted the, the uh, it was space. club called Club Q. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, Jamie, I'm obviously going to uh, defer to you for most of the talking points tonight. But uh, yeah, obviously, it's very tragic and not surprising like you said there's been another one since then that um what was the other one can someone remind me since like you said this is the u.s it, it was in a walmart um like I charlotte forget. it was yeah i forget exactly where it was it was like a manager or something too Jeez. yeah i mean not to sound insensitive it's not that i didn't realize that there had been that one it's just that what i had been paying attention to regarding these mass shootings was the far-right rhetoric that led to the one at club q and then, of course, the far-right reaction to it. And now even just the, the mainstream right reaction to it, which is to basically cheer on a mass shooter at this point. Like, they're not so explicit, at least not in outside of their own safe spaces online and everything, but you can tell that the attitude towards this is generally ambivalent at best, if not outright saying, like, this person was right for doing this, and then trying to flip it back and say that, you know, because this person is now saying that they are non-binary or whatever, that... Uh, they are somehow one of ours and that somehow makes this, I don't know, like makes the right any less culpable for stoking the, the fear and the hatred towards LGBT people as, as much as they have been lately. And, you know, we have a lot of talking points about how exactly they've been doing it, like with the, the selective hashtags and everything. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that is the cool thing about actually judging people for the content of their character, as opposed to the color of their skin or some other, some other like inherent trait. Is that even if this person is non-binary, we will still judge the fuck out of them for being a shitty person and murdering other people. You know what I mean? Like we don't give them a pass for that. You know, what I mean? like the the right seems to think that we would do that, and that there is some kind of privilege that they don't have. Uh, and yeah, simply not the case. But would you have Nat? Uh, just to you, you said the um the like as, as if the to characterize the shooter by you know them themselves carrying the char- characterizing them as non-binary. Um, the what that to me says, besides just being perhaps a very cynical attempt on the part of their legal team to avoid like extra hate crime penalties, right, uh, is also that it lends credence to the to a parallel of the right's narrative of like black on black crime, uh, where they can say, well, this is just infighting in a certain group, and we can use that to condemn an entire group. You know, it's it's obviously not. I think what it probably was meant to do. I think it was just. I don't know, right trolling or perhaps some sort of legal gambit, but it does lend am- ammunition for that sort of rhetoric to to give rise. And I'm going to go ahead and say I actually did not hear about this mass shooting that occurred apparently four days ago mm-hmm. and was in a Walmart where a shift lead, an overnight shift lead, shot six people. Um, they are now happening faster than I can keep up with them legitimately. No, um, a lot of them don't get big press or, or get like heavy reporting. But if you go and look at the statistics, we average multiple mass shootings a week in America, like every week. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I realized how insensitive it sounded earlier, just kind of ignoring this one. But it's just the political nature of the Q Club shooting as opposed to the Walmart one, which who knows that may end up being political related in some way because this person was overexploited and then got to this point where they snapped. I mean, you can definitely take a Marxist angle on that. but. That's obviously not what we're talking about tonight, but mm-hmm. the what I brought tonight was just talking about how this is stoked in general by fascist rhetoric. And I wanted to see, Ward, I know that like the really juicy part about the story that everybody has been pulling at was the the father of the shooter, who was this like, well, I guess like a, an adult film actor and then also was on divorce court and all this stuff. Did you want to talk about this dude before I get into any of my uh, very familiar rhetoric, how everything is fascism and everything is capitalism? 
I mean, yeah. So like they uh they did an interview with him at first, and like the dad was just a real piece of shit. Like obviously hopped up on meth, and then just saying just ridiculous things. Like super proud of being like a conservative Christian Republican, and like saying like when he found out like his son was at a, a gay club, he was worried because his son was gay, and then he got told that he had committed a mass shooting at a gay club, and he was like, "Whew! At least he's not gay." Um, he was very happy and proud about that. Like just a real piece of shit, and so like people started digging, and he, he even bragged about uh, how he taught his son that violence was like a respectable solution to a problem. Yes, thank you. And all. Yeah, and to clarify, Ward, like not he's a piece of shit because he's addicted to meth. Like if you got a problem with meth or whatever, like seek help or whatever. That's not a character flaw. Uh, that's like a disease. But this dude is a fucking piece of shit for so many other reasons. Like the fact that he behaves this way on camera right after his. Um, progeny commits a mass shooting at a gay club and then acts like this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry. Well, I I do think it's important to mention that last year he was involved in an incident where he made bomb threats. Um, he actually confronted law enforcement officers, and it appears they did. That's the shooter, not the father, right? Yeah, the shooter yeah. did that. That's yeah. the shooter. Like this yeah. was known that this guy was of yeah. violence. Surprise! He was definitely somebody that should have been. Like everyone keeps throwing around the term red flagged or or have his like his um file at least noted for being someone that could potentially be a threat. Um and regardless of making a bomb threat and threatening law enforcement, he's it, that did not occur. Um and unfortunately we're just kinda now finding out that there there were a lot of chances that we had to prevent this, most likely. Um, mm-hmm. and Meanwhile, you've got the FBI legitimately concocting uh, their own terrorist threats, like like getting online and goading um, people with you know certain mental vulnerabilities into committing crimes that the FBI themselves set up. Then literally driving those people to Walmart to get knives and stuff to commit those crimes, and then arresting them right before they commit the crimes the the FBI pushed them into doing, and then using that to get more money. Did you just describe con- conservatism as a mental invulnerability or mental vulnerability? I mean, in a form, yes, because these are these these are people that have you know sort of ties to, or not ties to, but certain possible sympathies with something like the Taliban or ISIS or something like that, because they don't really have much of a stake in, say, national sovereignty of a country they don't really live in. I think I don't know. But, you know, obviously there is the conservative aspect of those sort of um, reactionary groups. Honestly, this just shows a further flaw in our law enforcement system that I'll yeah, right. be often the one to keep pointing out. And I just want to real quick mention the severe. I mean, I mentioned he made bomb threats. This was he was literally booked on five felony counts and mm. there were counts of menacing and first degree kidnapping. I mean, this is a guy that should have been, he, he should have triggered something. To not, I, I, didn't, like I didn't mean to interrupt you if you weren't done. I'm so sorry. No, I just, I just wanted to really underline that point. Like, these were not like light charges. He was not an unknown. This is somebody that, like, the system should have known about. Um, if they're going to keep track of people, that's the kind of person they should be keeping track of. Yeah, there's a long history of uh, FBI involvement or prior knowledge with mass shooters. Like, I think one of the most egregious was like the Parkland shooter, I believe. Um, I might be wrong, but I think it was the Parkland shooter where they uh, FBI agent like followed the kid to the school and took pictures of him getting out of his car with like guns and everything about to go into the school to commit the mass shooting. And they got caught by local police fleeing the scene and like. It just got written off as a coincidence that the FBI agent was there. Well, wasn't I mean, one of the Colum- uh, the um, Columbine shooters like? Wasn't his dad like FBI or something like that? News to me. It was some, they had some that. sort of like more proximal relationship to power than you'd expect. Well, in, in this case, this person's grandfather, I think, is some conservative and very openly anti-gay, like kind of bigoted politician, right? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's the case. Yeah, he's a politician in San Diego. The, sh- mm-hmm. the shooting. Yeah, Clancy. Well, so what I was going to point out is that this is all just like a very intentional targeting of the LGBT community because they are just the 
the group that society deems okay to target now, just like it used to be gay people. And you see like all the very same rhetoric is being used. And I think people just don't have uh, sort of an idea or just an understanding that this all stems from fascism. Like this literally all comes from fascist rhetoric, starting from the literal Nazis. And, you know, we've mentioned it before. I think, um, so there's a, a document that I referenced and I just have compiled a whole bunch of sources and everything. And if anybody online asks me for sources for, uh, you know, rebutting and debunking all the anti-trans rhetoric that goes around online, I give them this link. And we're going to have to update it tonight. I think we're going to have a new copy, but that's what will be in the show notes uh, for anybody who wants more in-depth explanations and wants to have, like, sources for when people, you know, fucking online do the source bullshit that they're obviously not going to read because they have their opinions. But sorry, Ward, go ahead. No, I just wanted to correct myself real quick. So it was the uh, almost near mass shooting in Garland, Texas. Okay. And also, I want to, while we have the chance early in the episode to correct some misinformation, um, it was a ex-military member and a trans woman who took down this shooter. She was improperly identified as a drag queen for, I don't know, something like a week from when the shooting actually took place. Um, and it, it is, in fact, a trans woman that helped take down the shooter. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, credit to uh, Red left that earlier in the group chat when he said that uh, the only good thing about this was the fact that all these LGBT people got this guy and beat him the fuck down, like mm-hmm. beat the living fuck out of this asshole. So that was nice to see, at least. You know, something that all those fucking arm-to-the-teeth cops that you've all they could not do. They, they, these guys did with their bare hands. Like, And this kid was kitted up. Like, he had, like, body armor and shit. Like, these fucking cowards. But, um, so, like we've mentioned before, and I think this is going back to the first episode we ever did with you, Jamie, was just trying to literally address a lot of these same kind of misconceptions and myths and all the anti-LGBT rhetoric that goes around online that is still so prevalent despite it being so blatantly false and all these debunks so easy to find. But... So most of the gender science that we have today still start or stems from Magnus Hirschfeld's work, and his books were his work was literally the what the Nazis were burning when they did the book burnings, uh, because he was a Jewish scientist and because they fucking hated gay people, they hated anybody who didn't conform to the gender binary, and still a lot of the the stuff that we have today is from his work. And let's see what other talking points that I have. Like I said, I'm going to go over just the main points here. And then for more in-depth explanations, we will have a lot of, lot of links in the show notes. Um, but I just the point that I'm making there is like literally, if your attitude toward trans people is anything less than full acceptance, you are already conceding to the fascist position. And just because you're not aware of that, like I'm not saying that you are a fascist if you are uncomfortable with trans people. I'm just saying the uncomfortability that you have with that is rooted in fascist rhetoric and a fascist mindset. And you can rid yourself of that. Like you can literally just decide to not be a bigot and you can just look more into it and you will find that a lot of the stuff just makes sense and the scaremongering bullshit that you've been fed does not that's what i'm trying to get across here to you know i always have this imaginary liberal that we're talking to right i feel like we we are pretty much preaching to the choir though right (laughs) mostly socialists and commies but suppose the occasional liberal might wander into the sound cloud (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah hopefully we'll give all the uh all of our comrades some, some good talking points for the next holiday we got christmas coming up but um dude, this dude, uh t- i can't remember how long ago it was two three four months ago uh we recorded an episode and connor who keeps trying to make it onto this show but doesn't find himself able to uh he he like went on a rant about how the reason that uh, all of the groomer rhetoric is starting in the right is just them like building momentum so that they can eventually try and purge any LGBT, uh, any queer folks at all. Like that, it, it was obviously like that first fascist step. Yeah. Um, and you know, when, when he said it, I'm like, I don't know, man, that does feel a little bit melodramatic. And now I'm like, well, shit, I gotta, I owe Connor an a- apology because he fucking hit the nail on the head. Cause I don't, I'm not as online as as some of y'all, and even it's like permeating into like my sphere where I'm like people are reposting just these fascists talking about groomers and how like they need like, but just always referring to gay people, never referring to anyone who's actually in a position where they're going to take advantage of a child. Like, you know, all of those conservatives that are generally the ones in those positions, uh, your, your church officials, 
Boy Scout officials, anything like that? No, Brandon, that's exactly the point that I really want to get to is that this is an intentional thing that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And their goal obviously is state mandated and institutionalized violence against LGBT people. But they will be perfectly satisfied with just stochastic terrorism, with just domestic terrorism, with just these random acts of violence that then go either just, you know, thoughts and prayers and then no material retribution afterwards. They're perfectly fine with that happening. And I don't know. I mean, people just have to really start getting cool with getting armed and what their response to that needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I saw images of. I don't know when this was from. I don't believe it was recent, but the image was floating around of a bunch of uh, queer folks fucking armed up and defending like a queer book reading mm -hmm, somewhere. And, you know, everybody's decrying this as like not what the, the right to bear arms is supposed to be about and how there need to be carve outs in the Second Amendment for shit like this. <laughs> and uh, it it really shows you that they act they hold no position other than like, give me power. Uh, yeah. I want to be on the in-group. Uh, it's fucking disgusting. You know, we talked about um, the... You, you mentioned, like, you know, that the, the, the rhetoric is coming from the people who are actually perpetrating this, and I don't know if anybody here has read the... Um, I think it's from the 60s or 70s, the book by uh, Jacques Ellul, just called Propaganda. And mm -hmm. um, one of the major theses of the book is that so much of propaganda is uh, direct projection, right? It's it's a refutation of one's own uh, um, behaviors by projecting those onto those exact ones onto the group you're trying to demonize, right? And that can be on the international stage, that can be in the national political stage, or that can be on a more individual level, like what we're seeing between these these particular groups of of ridiculous conservatives and lgbtq people just trying to live their fucking lives and what we have here is a situation where one has um structural power and the other does not yeah you know it's funny there's that quote and i don't know it's attributed to goebbels and it was like accuse the enemy of that which you were doing or whatever and then if you look into it it you can't they can't actually def definitely attribute it to him and then it gets attributed to a bunch of other people but it is mm -hmm. typically attributed as the fascist playbook and um another one that kind of reminds me of that is um that the fucking chuds love they love to quote voltaire on facebook and when he says like uh <laughs> to figure out who rules you um look at who you can't criticize and then they'll be like oh of course that means that uh and like as if that trans people are like running our entire society like that's why you can't criticize trans people it's just like these people are so fucking dumb that we are dealing with. And that's what is so frustrating that I harp on all the time is mm -hmm. that the facts are there. They are just resistant to them. Like Brandon, I think you were hitting on it earlier. Like they just are oppositionally defiant. It's, it's just kind of a disorder if you're a conservative at this point. Yeah. Like the, uh, I, I've never seen that Voltaire quote. I don't give a fuck about Voltaire. Um, but that, that, that tracks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, it blows my mind that they would like that the uh, the uh, you know in this case the assertion would be like you know maybe trans people don't have power but like they have some sort of like social power. Uh, uh, not really sure the best way to phrase that, but you know because they don't understand the difference between uh, their voice being suppressed and just uh, people's friends not liking it when you bully them. Yeah. Like, cause that, that's all it is when like, mm -hmm. when they're acting all like, oh, I'm not allowed to criticize trans people anymore. It's just like, well, you're being a bigot. No one's stopping you. You can say it. And millions of people on the fucking Twitter will praise you for it. Like you're not being suppressed. You're just an asshole. And a lot of people are going to recognize that. Yeah. It's super true. And if you really want to actually take statistics into it, eight out of 10 cases of like, domestic violence they try to say that like trans people are gonna harm people in the restroom but eight out of ten times you know the person who commits some kind of domestic assault against you um and actually you know trans people have a 64 percent chance of experiencing sexual assault so if you want to look at the odds real the reality and the data doesn't reflect this abstract and completely fictitious viewpoint that the right just seems to insist is actuality and 
It's just, I don't really know what you do to convince a fascist of reality, but we are starting to learn that since we don't share it with them, it's becoming increasingly dangerous. Well, the fascist viewpoint is that, that, that they'll just sort of construct the reality that they want. And so they'll accept the facts that confirm their beliefs and they'll reject the ones that don't. So you're not going to uh, convince them very effectively. Like uh, there's a few ways to convince them. Nine uh, millimeter, 40 cal, uh, mm -hmm. 762, you know. All good. All good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, very effective. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that'll <laughs> blow those ideas right out of their fucking head. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, I mean, you guys are touching on, so I wanted to mention the, the fucking hashtag that they use, like the libs of TikTok thing. The hashtag is, uh, this never happens. And it's like, if you fucking Google that, if you, you know, do yourself the psychic harm of, or yeah, the psychological harm of doing that. Um, it's just a bunch of online trolls, cherry picking incidents of violence or any other kind of crime, especially sexual done by LGBT people. And then compiling it all because they want to build their narrative and they know that it's fictitious so that this is what they have to do and they're spending time doing this. And it's like the fact that they feel they need to spend the time doing this proves that this is the exception and not the rule. And if, of course, if you actually look into the stats, if you spend any time doing it, you will find that LGBT people are by far the outsized victims of, of violence, especially sexual. And they are not the perpetrators of it. That is simply not the case. But of course, these people want to build their narrative. They want to portray themselves as the victims and the uh, and LGBT people as the evil other. And it's not a coincidence that, like I said, because this is rooted in fascism, because this literally goes back to the fucking Nazis, um, it's not a coincidence that this all resembles the protocols of elders of Zion with the targeting of children. And if you actually talk to these people at any length, because they don't have actual stats on their side, they have to reject modern biological science, they have to reject statistics, and they have to say that they usually end up saying that these things are the result of some kind of Jewish conspiracy, if you actually press them on it. And yeah, they get there very quickly. Like it is very obviously fascist stuff going on here. And yeah, we've already pointed out, like it's the prelude to, to violence. Um, oh, I mentioned the libs of TikTok thing too. It's like, it's very clear, like what these people are doing, like they are trying to dox and expose and ruin the lives and either get these people to harm themselves because they are, their lives have been ruined or get them targeted by other people that they know are going to commit violence. Like we can see exactly what the goals here are. They're very obvious about it. I don't know. Sorry, what did you have, Brandon? Oh, I, I just wanted to point out that I, I don't think that a lot of uh, these individuals are necessarily working on this project in the way that I'm about to describe intentionally. But as far as propaganda goes, especially when like you're already dealing with a large subset of the population who uh, is maybe not openly fascist, but conservative enough that they only really need a little bit of a push to find a reason why they hate queer people of any vein. Uh, it's it's the repetition. You just like it doesn't really matter that they found like the four stories or five stories of it ever happening, going in the direction where uh, a queer person is committing violence. Uh, all all that really matters is is that they just find those few, and put them out there, and then everyone keeps repeating it and repeating it. And, and honestly, if you pay attention, man, there are ideas that are wrong that we've all heard and just sort of absorbed because if you hear something enough, it feels true. And I, I think that that's the program that they're on, that they're on because yeah. like nationally, it just gets bigger and bigger and it's, it's, it's snowballing in a yeah, really scary I, way. I can definitely second that. Um, and I know I've mentioned this before in this podcast on an episode at some point. But it even broke back in 2017. Um, I may have mentioned the Macedonian news compound. Um, it was literally just turning out articles in favor of Trump, anti-Hillary. They even dabbled in some pro-Bernian things. But literally just Google um, Macedonian fake news. And yeah. it, it was for that year a major part of their GDP. They generated so much income from creating fake news that they've had to completely overhaul the rules for like political news articles and things on Facebook. There's like a limited time period now on Facebook, for example, before an election where they make you submit articles for review and you can't actually submit political um, advertisements just before an election as a result 
of this type of commerce. Jesus. I guess you could kind of call it commerce loosely, but it's literally just the result of having a for-profit media conglomerate, like nationally, mm. if not internationally. And they just literally created the articles people wanted to read. It didn't matter if it was true. It didn't matter if they had proof. They just literally started creating things that were like, you know, pro-Trump. Um, and I mean, I'm trying to just skim the stats here. But I mean, between August and November of 2017, the guy that ran the website that they interviewed, and this was this was like a Vice article, like a Vice interview. I'm, I'm currently reading it on Wired.com. But he... He was making like $16,000 a month off his two pro-Trump websites. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy was bringing in bank, and that was just like the beginning of his operation. This went on for years through the election. Just as a quick aside, like <laughs> one of the most common things when I talk to like a liberal or, or anyone who like disagrees with me, they always like to, to throw the whole like, oh, well, uh, Venezuela or China or Cuba or like pick your poison, you know, like. It, that's uh, you, you really trust their state run media and it's like I, I don't i don't know man do you really trust our billionaire run media <laughs> which like, is also you, state run yeah. <laughs> well fair enough but just like yeah yeah the the idea that like somehow media is more uh trustworthy if it's for profit is uh funny yeah. if not so upsetting yeah like viacom got something like 213 billion in sub in subsidies uh, over the last like five or six years. Oh, I'm sorry, 20 years. I just looked that up. And like, if they didn't publish stuff that the State Department didn't like, they wouldn't be underwritten so heavily. So you, you, you can't tell me that we don't have state run media, right? It's just ridiculous. It doesn't even have to be state run. I mean, it's pretty profitable just to throw some, some, another turd on the pile. Like, it doesn't even have to be state run. There's fully functional for profit just news fake news whatever you want to call it just operations doing it just for the money literally no like state incentive well i mean but that's but that's the thing is it's not a state incentive for our media right now it's it's a it's a profit incentive and, and they get the profit by that underwriting so they just play ball basically right it's more of a tacit understanding yeah. than a direct dictatorial relationship Fair enough. And I mean, literally like, dictatorial, like words being dictated, not that, like that sounds like our CIA if I've ever heard of them. A thing that will never stop blowing my mind, and I could cite instance after instance after instance of this, is that I, I, I'm pretty sure if you just sat down and did the math, it would actually just be cheaper to make sure that people were fed, housed, and had health care than it would be to like continue propagandizing them and like propping up all of these things to like make people like cope with the fact that they don't have those things. Yeah. But cheaper and for who? You... <laughs> cheaper for us? Yes. Cheaper for the billionaires? No, because we're really? the ones that subsidize. No, because we're the ones well, that subsidize government. that through our tax, our taxes subsidize that sort of work. Right. And like, you can talk about, but uh, never mind. I'm not going to get into that because that's so far off topic where what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about right yeah. now. No, we can but, do I like that you're getting worked out. I do mean, well, I love this like, stuff. I, I think this is far uh, off topic. I, yeah, it is pretty off topic. I don't think yeah. so. I think one thing begets the other. When we, live, when we live in a state of like complete disillusionment, like this is the kind of media that gets created that generates these types of events. Are you guys trying to tell me that the government exists to be used as a tool by the elites to suck money from us to then be used right. to police us so that we go to work for them and make them a whole bunch of money that doesn't get taxed? And that the government only exists as a tool for them to do that. But then the libertarians are only mad at the tool and not the guys themselves who are using that tool, even though they don't get that, you know, that's a perfect analogy for AR-15s like Art Sterling so geniusly uh, realized once. <laughs> I'm even here to tell you that it may not even be so much about the money as it is the relationship to the power dynamic. I have a hunch. Well, no. almost like it's the means of yeah. production, right? Not to bring it back to fucking fundamentals. I think I've heard of that. <laughs> I, I agree with you, but like, I picked it at the beginning of COVID. I picked up on the fact that like uh, a lot of companies, a lot of wealthy people, it and maybe economically this would not have worked out the way I thought. But like, especially compared to China's economic handling of COVID, it seemed like they were so quick to sacrifice long-term profits for short-term profits. It's like. 
on a six month or one year timeline that actually both. could. Yeah, they they were perfectly willing to sacrifice everything just to try and do like an immediate cash grab. Yeah, I think it's further than that too. I think that labor absolutely had to be disciplined. I, I could agree they, with that. I th I think they were investing long term in the continued control of the attitude, right? Um, but all of this, so kind of, of this, the way they'll spend billions busting unions. Exactly, exactly. Rather than just letting a union exist, but say, but like we're talking about, right? This um. This idea of controlling a narrative, and if we bring it back to the um, the topic we were okay. talking about, right, the 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 the, the club Q shooting, right, this is something that I wanted to bring to the table too, and 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 I want to be very clear when I talk about this that I am not trying to diminish the horrors that were um, inflicted upon queer community, the LGBTQ plus community, right. When I talk about, I get annoyed. When I see people drawing certain parallels between the Pulse nightclub shooting and the Club Q shooting, because all evidence that we have shows us that we have a collective memory hole about the Pulse nightclub shooting. Because people don't seem to remember that Omar Mateen, the, the perpetrator of the shooting, told 911 um, responders that he was like pledging himself to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Al and 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 the ISIS or ISIL project, and that he was doing this shooting in as a direct response for U.S. bombings in Syria, right? And I have a feeling that his opinions about um, the queer community are not so hot, right? That's I mean, it's it's probably a safe bet to say that he has some conservative backwards fucking ideas. However, his direct and a literally quotable response to all of this, his justification for it, was that he was just looking to to respond to 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 seek revenge for the U.S. bombing of Syria, right? For airstrikes, specific airstrikes in Syria. He even went looking for other places, like specifically Disney properties, because you know what represents uh, American, you know, characteristics more than fucking Disney properties, right? Um, before he settled in the Pulse nightclub. And the Pulse nightclub was undefended, and that's why he decided to, to, to take it out, right? And of course, it's, it, as was you know, pointed out before we actually started recording, it's a very good point to bring up that it was probably undefended because we live in a fucking hellhole country where the so-called authorities aren't going to defend a marginalized group with any of their resources. So there's no cops outside. There's nobody there to make sure that this sort of thing doesn't happen, right? But we have people like drawing this, like saying that, like that, that the Pulse nightclub shooting was purely for homophobic reasons, right? And I mean, there, there might have been something like that involved, but that's not purely what it was for. And so and I don't, I don't ever want to speak. Facebook during the shooting. Mm -hmm. You kill innocent women and children by doing U.S. airstrikes. Now taste the Islamic State vengeance. There you go. There you go. I mean, that's not and, – and, and again, I'm not trying to diminish anything like this, and I would never, ever, 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 ever want to speak for a group that I am not part of. But I would like to think that if I were, um, were gay or, or trans or something like that, then I, I think I might be curious that my identity was being used as a smokescreen to cover these crimes of empire. I mean, it's definitely still kind of demonstrating – exactly what we've been talking about that literally our state atrocities committed by our government directly caused this individual to attack the most vulnerable population mm -hmm. in the united states arguably i mean there you could say possibly the unhoused or other communities but one of the most vulnerable um and certainly the most currently propagandized against yeah so i mean it's it's almost like the smokescreen is actually being caused by a government that doesn't want to atone for that being an indirect cause. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, not to say that, like, like now I think you're doing a good job of making it clear that you're not trying to diminish the fact that, you know, that was a, a shooting of some LGBT people. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I, does anybody really think that any mass shooting is just driven by one idea and one idea only? 
like pretty much anybody who does that has to have some kind of level of mental illness as well. And that's usually what the right capitalizes on because they want to shift away from the hate rhetoric that drove it. They want to shift away from gun control, obviously. And so in the case of the, uh, what was it, the Pulse Club that you're talking about? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's, of course, what they're going to capitalize on. They're going to say that, look, the Democrats are trying to co-opt this for politicized, for political reasons and, you know, trying to defend and shove the LGBT thing down our throats. When this guy wasn't even anti-LGBT, this wasn't even about that. It was about airstrikes in Syria, and they're trying to hide that from you. And that's when the right loves to do that thing where they criticize empire when the, Dem the Democrats ignore it as if the Republicans are going to then meaningfully do something about empire mm -hmm. and they get yeah, into office. Yeah. Like, but um, yeah, but like I said, I think you're, you're doing a good job. Even if the guy had, had specifically said something positive about gay people on his Facebook or whatever, um, I don't think that's the case. I think there probably is an element of LGBT hate in there because, like you said, he's praising ISIS. Like, it's pretty. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't shoot somebody he liked. Yeah, exactly. He obviously felt yeah. like these people were disposable to him. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we can argue that he didn't know it was a gay nightclub when he Googled it. But when he showed up and it was a gay nightclub, he still walked in. Mm -hmm. Rick's got something. Let's go. What's up, Rick? Yeah, I have a question. So I have a question. Um, what's the background of the shooter? Does anyone know, like, you know, Hispanic or or white or, you know, uh, what was the guy? You're talking about Anderson Lee Aldrich? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, to <laughs> me, I'm not, I'm not trying to blame. Because, you, know, you know, in Texas, there were some mass shooters and they were Hispanic, but they were like hardcore right wing, right? But I just want to know what the background was because... To me, I'm I'm learning about the situation, and this guy's pledging to was it Al Qaeda or some shit like that, right? That was so the, like, the at the Pulse this, one, yeah. That was the Pulse one. That was that like, was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was oh, okay. So I was just like, what the? F okay, because I was wondering, like, I was like, what does some country as yeah, white yeah. dude have to do <laughs> no. with the, you know, uh, yeah, uh, pledging well, allegiance just... to Al Qaeda? No, the guy's there's name was Omar lot. Mateen, and um, yeah. I I think he was of Syrian descent. I think. Oh. And there's just you a know, lot. But of I, I do have a comment. You know, this country. You know, you know. I, I, this is the most stereotypical comment, but this country was founded on on violence, right? And it's non. It has been nonstop violent. You know, the system we live in is violence. You know, we have to like get money and be better than other people. And, and it's you know, even though you have to fuck them over, you know, on a personal level, emotional level, whatever. It's always violence, you know, it's always like fighting. We live in a society where we're always like doggy dog fighting, you know. And I think, you know, and I think I saw somewhere where this is the second year in a row where we had more over 300 mass shootings in one year, right? So it's what do you expect from a country that's just founded on violence and no solidarity between communities, you know, and um, it to me is very convenient, you know. For the right wing to to claim the LGBT communities or groomers or whatever the hell, when this happens, to me, just demonizing more and you know, justifying the violence against them, you know, against this community, I think is really gross. So I think you know, um, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the same country that throws away more than two hundred and eighteen billion dollars in food every year, and mm -hmm. yet has thirty four million people in food insecurity. It's the same country. Jesus Christ. So I feel a little bit weird drawing this comparison. I don't think it's objectionable. It's just I think it's going to take a little bit of explaining on my part. But like in the 70s and 80s, like there weren't really mass shootings, mass murders like there are now. It was more serial killers and a lot of serial killers that were able to run unchecked for extended periods of time, like decades sometimes, was because they preyed on vulnerable communities. It wasn't maybe necessarily that they hated poor black people. It's that they knew if they killed poor black people, then there weren't going to be any repercussions. And if they kill a rich white lady, uh, the police are actually going to be looking for that killer. And so, uh, Nat, I, I think that is, is kind of what you're getting to, to the heart of. It's not necessarily that he liked or hated uh, LGBT people. It's that he went to that nightclub because... It was it was the safest for him to do violence in. Mm -hmm. It was vulnerable, structurally vulnerable. 
but systemically vulnerable. Oh, I had to. Well, yeah, that's I what I mean. Kind of check that. Oh, I, I thought um, you meant like the building being on. Guard. <laughs> well, I have no idea. Maybe it was a shitty building. Yeah. I mean, you, you <laughs> make this claim that there was, you know, previously less mass shooting. So I mean, I had to, I had to just go verify that. Oh, and am I wrong? No, you. If you look up mass shootings, they're by decade up until two thousand and eleven, and then they're by year. Fuck. Yeah, um, if I recall correctly, Columbine really, like, it wasn't the first, but it really set things in motion. Um, I mean, I'm referencing, this is like anecdotal, I mean, it's like a Wikipedia, I'm looking at Wikipedia, but I mean, they've categorized them by decade up until 2011, and after that, it's, it's listed by year. Yeah, for this year, it's looking something like 607 to 610 so far this year. Oh my god. Which is on track. To possibly beat out last year, which was 638. Yeah, they get longer every year. I thought that I was, I was bummed out because I was thinking it was three to 400, and I was really fucking far off. Yeah. Um, so getting back to, um, I guess, some of the talking points that I just wanted to hit on real quick. Um, yeah, we got about 15-ish left. Do you mean so, the ones from the beginning of the episode? Well, I mean, just what I have in the in the general chat over here, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. It's all gonna be random stuff that will spur some discussion. Trust me. But um, I was talking about just the hypocrisy of the people who were doing all the anti-trans rhetoric and everything, and I had mentioned like the libs of TikTok and everything. Like this person hasn't even been deplatformed, and they will act like this person is a victim because they got outed like with their real name, as they are literally doing that exact thing. They're outing people with their real name and face online, uh, making them a target for violence, and. Yeah, I mean, they're getting mad about this, and I think you guys have probably all seen this too. Like, it's not wrong to deplatform factually incorrect information. You know, just to hit some more talking points, biological science clearly states that gender and sex are not the same thing. Being trans is not a mental illness, and the best treatment for anyone with any kind of gender gender identity issue is transition therapy, as prescribed by a physician on a case by case basis. And I have like a whole uh, list of slides that I can also put the text of or just put the links to in the show notes and everything as to like regarding like what people think is happening to children regarding like them being targeted or like any kind of like irreversible therapies being done to them. And the short answer is it is fucking not happening. It is literally not happening. Like these people are making up a fake problem and getting themselves whipped into a fucking frenzy over absolutely nothing. There is nothing irreversible being done to anyone before they hit puberty, before they hit like any kind of age of maturity, nothing irreversible is done. That is the whole point of what is going on, is they are doing the least harm, and they are making sure that these people have the best possible time that they can dealing with this fucking social construct that has been placed upon them. And like I said, I have plenty more details in the in the show notes and everything if you want like in-depth explanations. Uh, what's up, Brandon? I was just going to say, one of my favorite ways of dealing with some of those assholes, and, and I don't remember the facts as well as I used to, but basically, anytime somebody wants to get all like, ah, oh, there's only two genders, uh, point out to them that there's not even only two biological sexes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Intersex people exist. Yeah. And there's not even just one kind of intersex. Like, if we assign one gender for each, uh, like, biological sex, you're, you're still at four or five, something like that, bud. So, so fuck off if you, if you want to throw science at us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why they've now they've shifted their position to they call the left intolerant for not tolerating their ideas. I don't know True. if you guys have noticed that same thing that they're like, oh, the left is intolerant of our ideas. It's like, no, you're fucking wrong. And you just won't admit it. Like you literally are just wrong. The information is there. You just won't find it. And then if you do find it, you refuse to accept it. Like you just dismiss it as if it's like literally going back to what I was saying before, they will call it Jewish science. Like they will say it's like liberal science mm-hmm. that is not proven. They just dismiss it out of hand. Which uh, yeah, I, I don't reject their claim. I am intolerant of hate. Yeah. Uh-huh. You you want to be a big at all? I will, I will intolerate your skull into the fucking ground. And even if we didn't have all this science to dunk on them and dunk on them and dunk on them, I would just say, just who fucking cares, man? Just let it be. It's fine. It's not hurting you at all. Just let it go. Just be happy. Just be happy. Just play Stardew Valley and be happy. That's all I ask, man. So one of my favorite things to point out for this whole movement, if you could call it that, of anti-trans people speaking out, is there's like a detransition movement. And there's a couple of people that have gotten a little acclimation being really outspoken against like allowing 
transitioning procedures for youth and just really kind of being critical of having access to puberty blockers and things like that. But even for example, like Kai Shevers, who's one of the most known for being an outspoken critic and a detransitioner, is now in the process to transitioning again. And that actually is true for a lot of the most outspoken critics who do proudly claim they have detransitioned. They don't stay detransitioned. They're not mm. they're not self-loathing is a motherfucker. <laughs> they're, they're not the ones that should be speaking on these items. They're they're trans people that are trying to speak against, you know, a community that they sometimes feel shunned by, but quite honestly, it's not a cohesive community, and at least not from my experience, but that's besides the point. Um, I just want to be very clear that there's people who make really like well-known brands, I guess you could call it, or just like a channel on YouTube or something like that. But then you don't hear about when they decide to retransition, and people will continue to cite these people who speak out against the, the evils and the dangers of transitioning and what it can do to your body. They don't, they, don't, they don't give you that part, but they actually end up going back transitioning and continuing in their transition. I had no I idea. I just mentioned how disgusting it is that the right does this thing where they do the concern trolling and they, they feign that this anti-trans rhetoric is because they're just concerned for trans people. Like They're like, oh, we just don't want them to act on a mental illness and then do some kind of irrevocable damage to themselves. No, and it's like, no, this, drives me so fucking nuts. This it country so has... Crazy offered so, we've afforded so little for like transgender research and rights and if we look to a country like sweden that's actually allowed access to medical care for transgender individuals for a much lengthier part part of time of our collective history they will actually tell you the stats show that less than three percent of people who medically transition experience transition regret mm-hmm that yeah that that's the tactic of the right they, they use people they tokenize them they had you know native people talk all, all this nonsense about anti-socialism and how the reservations were socialism's gone bad or whatever so they always you know they look at candace owens you know <laughs> or kanye they always use people to you know say oh this you know native person or this black person or this mexican person thinks the same as i do you know my opinion is right they always tokenize these people but they don't ever you know, when these people start speaking out against them, they start demonizing them. So it's, you know, it's a typical right-wing ploy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, wait, did you just say something about how people are pointing out that, that Native reservations are socialism gone wrong? Yeah, that was a video a couple of years ago where it was Turning Point USA. It was funded oh, by Turning Point USA. Yeah, and it was like this Navajo lady saying that reservations or socialism has gone wrong. But I mean, obviously, it's really shallow concept of socialism. And it's really concept shallow of the history of reservations mm-hmm. and treaty policies and, you know, just the, the history of this country. Because uh, reservations are not socialism, you know. Uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, that was, I think that's Turning Point USA. And I think all, a lot of natives are got, got, you know, um, got, you know, were like, what the fuck is this shit? But there were some natives, natives that I know personally that were reposting that because, you know, the community, native community is not monolithic. It's there's so many different people, just like any other community. There's people that are on the right. So some native people were like using that as an example to hate on, you know, Marxism, but whatever. I mean, like, you know, natives that understand history know that's bullshit, so. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's just a classic example, right, of the of capitalism doing something and then it fucking people over and then other people being like, what, why did socialism do this? Yeah, yeah like, was the basis, like, for, like, Indian, like, Native American reservations being uh, socialists, like, that they got land and, like, quote-unquote, got land and money from, like, the government? Is that, like the whole basis for it. So I feel like that's the only stretch they could make. Yeah, I think that's, that's the thing is treaty policy or treaty. Um, um, I forgot the goddamn word already, but it was, you know, the tr- expectations, you know, so like go on this reservation and the government's going to give you so much 
of you know commodities, you know food or supplies to you know harvest the land, whatever. So you know you know we still get some money for programs, but that money doesn't really go far, right? Mm-hmm. So um, they think so. These people, you know, these stupid people that are, are are making these points together are saying that you know that reservations are it's just socialism since we we are getting treaty provisions from the government, but it's not socialism because you know, reservations were were made to keep natives in control, to, to you know, to assimilate them to colonial life, and even down to allotments, you know, to like the reservation was broken up into acres, into individual acres for individual natives, and then even that was made to individualize natives because when they figured out that you know, even though you know the natives were on reservations, they're very communal. But this is totally off topic. <laughs> I'm yeah, saying that, yeah, yeah. I understand that sorry. this could be a whole different podcast. Yeah, no, no yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean valid. to take us off topic. I'm sorry. It's fine. That's but yeah, no, I, I see. I, they don't own the means of. But it's not socialism. Mm-hmm. No, no way. I mean, Marxism is when the government it, gives you money. <laughs> yeah, it's some stupid shit. But but I I would you know the last thing I'm gonna say is I I think our economies are socialist. Because we nationalize our economies and they fund our programs, but we, you know you can listen to that on the podcast. But whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but I agree, there are people that they tokenize. So you know it's it's a, it's a ploy they use and they put out this disinformation. It's always disinformation. And I've seen I've seen people try to legitimately uh, price spin, <laughs> make the case that all co- countries that have central banks are socialist. Therefore, like all countries are so- like hilarious but you know it's just one of those things but i mean also just to to make the case that native reservations are socialism gone wrong is to ignore the hundreds of thousands of years of socialism gone right where these people existed on turtle island and did not bring about the end of civilization through fucking mass industrialization and climate change Mm -hmm. it's like it's a little bit ironic for everybody now who was trying to tell all the benefits of capitalism who's trying to explain again how it's going to not kill us all but I'll, I'll let him try to Mike do it. No one's able to do it yet. Prim as we speak. <laughs> Ted posting. Do it. Yeah, no, no. I have to leave. <laughs> I'm here for it. Let's go. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. We got about five more minutes, and I went through all the talking points that I wanted to get through. You know what? Let me actually just read through a couple of these things from the, the slides that I went to, because I think people will actually really like them, and it might get some people to click the link and get to these notes that I have that I want people to, to really understand. So... Regarding, like I said, the um, targeting of children or, you know, the, any kind of myth that these children are being subjected to anything against their will or whatever. So regarding transgender children, are they given hormones and surgery? If a child comes out as transgender pre-puberty, they are allowed to choose their clothing, toys, hairstyle, name, and pronouns, all of which is obviously completely 100% reversible. At Tanner stage 2 puberty, I guess, um, Jamie, it's Tanner stage, is that like some kind of um, designation? Is that something? I've just never heard of that. That's actually not a term I'm familiar with. Let me Google. Okay, never mind. It, it, it sounds was like something that was in the infographic, so I just accepted it as wrote. It sounds I like, like Jamie's just like I don't know, man. I just like work a here. Biology term. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No, I do keep referring to Jamie for all this stuff, of course. Well, no, it is from the National Library of Medicine. They have puberty marked in Tanner stages. Mm. It was actually something I was unfamiliar with. Thank you. But so they say at this stage two, puberty blockers are given to buy the child time, more time to consider, discuss with parents and medical or mental health professionals, and decide whether to move forward with transition or not. They are 100% reversible with no negative effects to reproductive ability when stopped by age 16. At the age of 16, either blockers are stopped and natural puberty is allowed to progress normally or blockers are continued and cross-sex HRT is started to allow the child to progress into puberty of the preferred sex, again, at a normal time for puberty. Top surgery for both trans boys and girls is available at around the age of 16. Coincidentally, the same age when cisgender girls are allowed to have elective breast augmentation. Bottom surgery is generally held off until the age of 18. This goes for all bottom surgeries, including those that result in sterilization. So right off, right off the bat, like that is the big thing. Like the what is it the conservatives are always trying to hound is that like they're literally cutting little boys' dicks off or something. It's like not to be too crass about it, but like that's what they are trying to fucking fearmonger about. They are trying to make it seem like they are doing irreversible genital surgery to minors and like little kids and it's simply fucking not happening but to on every level that. not to minors not irreversible like yeah well except for i guess top and bottom surgery to a degree but 
Like, but like the amount so, of consideration and thought and like that goes into it beforehand. Like this is not some kind of flippant thing. Like, mm-hmm. so this is the Tanner stages. Um, they have three categories. There's the pubic hair scale, which is applied to people that identify as male and female. And then there's a female breast development scale. And lastly, there's a male external genitalia scale. Um, all three have five stages based on various developments. Um, stage one of the pubic hair scale, for example, is no hair. And stage five is terminal hair that extends beyond the inguinal onto the thigh. So like length, the actual pubic hair length. And then the female breast development has to do with whether or not the breast tissue is palpable. And then the final stage um, is an aerial or mound that recedes into the breast contour. So that would be like nipple protrusion. There's actually papillic development. And then for the male external genitalia scale, it has to do with testicular volume, um, which... Is... How loud are your testicles? <laughs> yeah, I knew somebody would do it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, these oh, are... I can't even hold a stethoscope up to them. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, like your testicle volume, like, like how long the axis is, we're talking like milliliters, like 2.5 centimeters, then 3.3 centimeters. Like, this is still like, like, this is, this doesn't seem super specific. It seems like it could vary for different individuals. And I mean, it just seems like sort of like a general reference point. I, yeah. I mean, these these numbers don't seem like they could be static for every individual. But I mean, that just still goes to the point that this has all been taken, being taken on an individual and case by case basis with people who know what they're doing. This is not some kind of thing that like your teacher is transing your kid because they feel like it. It's like the way that these fucking conservatives are trying to make it seem like it blows my mind. But let me finish up this infographic real quick. We can go a couple more minutes because uh, uh, it actually works out well if we go a little bit over. Um, so this is the schedule for allowed transition processes, not required. A lot of trans people choose not to go through some or even all of the steps. The entire process is incredibly patient-centered and includes years of gender therapy to ensure that before any medical steps are taken, children that are confused or unsure are weeded out of the process. Preventing the permanent changes that natural puberty brings to transgender children saves lives. You can't ungrow breasts in a trans boy, and you can't ungrow facial hair or undeepen the voice of a trans girl. Preventing natural puberty ensures that the child will be better able to pass and integrate into society later and prevents the need for expensive and invasive surgeries to correct the wrong puberty at a later point. And I also just want to make this point here, like mm-hmm. another like common misconception or just intentional fucking talking point that these assholes have is that trans people like are mentally ill and they're just like bad off whether or not they have any kind of gender therapy or that the, or because of the gender therapy or whatever, or that they commit suicide at some kind of outsized rate. And literally, it is because you are fucking harassing them. It's because bigots and fucking people like you exist, and you look at them weird, you treat them wrong, you intentionally misgender them. Like, all the fucking piece of shit things that these people do, it is because you do this shit to them online and in real life all the time that they have a little bit of a hard time going through this fucking hostile world. And, like, the fact that people don't see that, like, they, do, they intentionally are obviously just, like, being fucking hypocritical, and I just... It just really fucking makes me angry. Sorry, Brandon, what's up? Sorry. Amen. So the conservative position is that uh, people with mental illness should be able to buy guns but not have bodily autonomy? Mm-hmm. Sick. Also, I want to make the point, too, when it says some, the thing about, like, um, about passing in society, right? Like, I long for a world where if I were to choose to change my own gender or even sex, right, uh, I wouldn't have to worry about passing. I could, you know, set my own goal. Let me, um, if I could, let me also just, uh, since we're going over a little bit, let me read some of these slides I also took from the Proletarist page. Shout out to fucking Proletarist on Instagram. The guy's got another fantastic page, but he posts a lot of really, mostly like tweet-oriented his pages, but, so he posted these things earlier today. Um, Zero children have been sexually assaulted at a drag show. Literally thousands of children have been sexually assaulted at evangelical church camps. It isn't and has never been about protecting children. And it was just like a quote tweet to somebody saying, like, earlier this year, the Southern Baptist Convention acknowledged they spent years protecting over 700 ministers and church workers who were credibly accused of sexual abuse. And so then it follows a daily reminder that a child sex abuse scandal 
almost identical to the one that has been an open secret in the Catholic Church is present in both Southern Baptist and Mormon congregations, yet almost nobody talks about it. They go on to talk about this guy he in the New York Post. This guy says, I took my nine-year-old son to Hooters to celebrate good grades. Trolls say I'm creepy as fuck. And somebody says, you know, this is way fucking weirder than taking your kid to a drag show will ever be. Yeah, it's like fucking, it's just weird to do. Yeah, that's that's liberation versus oppression. Like, oppression feels normal, like, in, in our culture. So, you know, going to Hooters does not seem as wild. As to where going to a drag show, that that's liberatory. Like, it's people getting to be who they want to be and be free and be happy. And, but, you know, we... It, that's not viewed as as normal like any any degree of liberation is not viewed as normal or, or good so can't have Brandon, that. were you were you following along with that tweet slideshow as i was reading them Brandon? uh yes oh okay because i mean the next one was the was good politic guy on twitter he goes straight oh, no, i'm not doing it right now i i thought you meant like am i listening to you and i'm like yeah no no, no like the I, I know if you were reading along <laughs> because the next one was like exactly that he says straight oh my dude who both attended drag shows as a kid and went to catholic school k-12 i can say the church fucks you up sexually infinitely more drag slow lesson be confident in yourself whoever that is church be ashamed of everything because god will send you to hell it's like pretty much exactly what you were saying like I just don't understand this. Like, it's like a mental, like, it's literally going against reality because they want to say that, like, drag shows are indoctrinating children and, like, sexualizing children. But, like, explain child beauty pageant. Like, yeah. literally, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. what that is. Not what, not the drag. I would, but then this episode would probably get, like, taken down. <laughs> it's, <laughs> It just doesn't, it, it's a cognitive dissonance. That's the word I'm trying to find. It, it, it doesn't make logical sense. Cognitive dissonance is the only thing that holds America together. Yeah. Literally. Reinforced by the New York Times. <laughs> uh, they go on, another one says, the thing, this thing on the US right, where queer people and leftists are routinely labeled as groomers, i.e. as a direct physical predatory threat to children, is the project of defamatory social reclassification you get as reactionaries move toward exterminationist social cleansing. And I mean, further to that point, another one says conservatism consists of exactly one proposition to wit: There must be in groups whom the law protects, but does not bind alongside out groups whom the law binds, but does not protect. And let's see, states have to fine tune their open carry laws. This is not the intent. Oh, this is the one you were talking about earlier, Brandon. You were saying that like, as soon as states, like as soon as trans people were showing up orange to protect other trans people, then they were start talking about the open carry laws being, I can never remember where I see anything, but I guess I saw it in the in the group chat. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, you know, Reagan and point, the Black Panthers. Anybody? Oh yeah. Exactly. That was the Mulford Act, right? Because that was the next tweet. Is exactly that? Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I also didn't read that tweet slide. <laughs> no, you guys are just—it's crazy. Like I just posted this. Whole, I mean, shout out to fucking proletarians. Like he—that's a great thing about what he posts. Is like there's a other good thought process from one to ten through it, and it's like it's fantastic mm -hmm. posting. I like it. Um, but they say, prepare for the right to suddenly start getting really concerned about gun control now that they know trans folks and their allies are visibly able to protect themselves. It's happened before. The Mulford Act was signed by then-Governor Reagan with the NRA's blessing. So that settles it right. I mean, it's very obvious. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like we said, the point is to get more of this violence to happen. And the other thing I wanted to just bring up, because I brought it up before, but I'll bring it up again because it seems to have been totally forgotten by most people, just like your point earlier, Nat is that there was that bomb threat that successfully ended the Title IX investigation. And I'm going to link to it again in the show notes, but, like, no one fucking talks about that. The right is very keen to make a, a big stink about some Antifa-destroyed cities from a couple fucking years ago that didn't actually happen, but they don't care about domestic terrorism when it's literally people calling in bomb threats to end court investigations and successfully being able to do it. So, yeah, if it isn't clear where the priorities of the state lie, who they're protecting, who they're not protecting... Yeah, I mean, it should just be very clear. And I just want people to stop taking even the fucking liberal line on these things. Cause it's just like, you're only enabling the right when you do it. Mm -hmm. So never has there been a drag queen charged with like sex crimes against a minor. But there's currently an ongoing article on COS, which isn't my favorite website, mm -hmm. the Daily COS. Yeah. But they're doing a... They're now on the 32nd part of the series titled Re Republican Sexual Predators, Abusers, and Enablers. 
and they're up to instance 800. Oh, fuck. 800 instances of Republicans either being a sexual predator or abuser or enabling it. For example, number 800 is of a Virginia attorney general who accused Democrats of being soft on pedophiles in his campaign. But after two months in office, he made a plea deal with a pedophile cop actually dropping one of the charges. And the Virginia well, he was comfortable being rock hard on pedophiles. <laughs> Boob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh at that. Um, Virginia DOP, GOP denied there was ever a plea deal, but it's public. It's dated. <laughs> March 3rd, 2022. So, I mean, it's just... Yeah. Well, we'll everybody go read Jacques What was that? I said everybody go read Jacques Ellul. It's the the propaganda, the mechanisms of propaganda. Are oh, we right. really going to sh- link the daily costs in the show notes? I mean, we'll at least put it in the uh the I'm big, sorry. long paste bin that's going to have all the just, resources. Just, that's the idea. Just like put, the, wanna, put the, wanna... the the CIA propaganda uh red flag on it. I just want to I just want to apologize right? to all the listeners for for linking the daily costs just mm-hmm. in advance. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's wrap it up there. Uh, but like I said, we're going to have a ton of links in the show notes and then have a big text file that will be linked to in the show notes to hopefully have a response and a debunk to every talking point you can possibly have to encounter from your fucking bigoted relatives at the next holiday or the trolls you may encounter online or whatever. Um, that is the goal, right? I want to give you the ammo to come back at all these people like I said, not that they can be convinced by facts, but whatever. Sure, but <laughs> also, you know, I always like to give my little ray of sunshine if I can. I do want to point out, despite the bullshit, despite the oppression, despite the obvious hate attacks on the community, as of July, the Victory Fund, which is an LGBTQ political advocacy organization here in our neoliberal hell, um, they at least did mention that there are 55 trans candidates alongside 20 gender non-conforming candidates and 18 non-binary candidates and including four two-spirit candidates running for office. And that's a record for the most gender non-conforming people running for political office in the United States. Damn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let that be a message to all the fucking alt-right fucks who think that they can make these people go away. Who think that they're going to, like, somehow win this issue. Like, you lost the battle against gay people. You're going to lose the battle against trans people. Just fucking give it up. Just stop being a fucking dickhead. Like, you're you're done. Like, all right. Unless anybody has mm-hmm. anything else. You guys want to wrap it? I'm good. Cool, cool. All right, well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. All right. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See you guys. Thanks, everybody. Later. Love y'all. Solidarity.